In today's show, we're looking at the waiver wire. Before we head into week 11 for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are here to talk about the waiver wire. Before we hit into week 11, it is Christmas Day in America so if you are celebrating Christmas, a happy Christmas to you guys. And uh, games are going on as I'm recording this. So we're going to be keeping an eye on what's going on there. And there's going to be a full recap show today. Don't worry. We'll be talking about that uh, after the five Christmas Day games are over. So Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. It is, uh, it's a rocky boxing day. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the most added players in fantasy over the last couple of days. Number one. A lot of these are for streaming on Sunday purposes. Number one is Austin Reeves. I get it. I think he probably is a fringe 12-team league guy, at least in the I add him when the Lakers have a good schedule portion of the program. So if you're looking at him or there's Schroeder or Walker, I might consider Reeves over Lonnie Walker, to be honest. Schroeder, I'm not so sure about. But Reeves is in that mix. He's going to play 30 minutes a night, even if he doesn't start, and he's a good add. The second um, most added player... I'm not going to say I'm surprised that James Wiseman is the second most added player. People will give this guy a million miles of leeway. He was getting drafted like in the 120s in some drafts. He was held on to even though he's in the G League. And now he comes out and puts up an undebatably good 30-point line and 85% shooting. But context around that game was super important. Let's see what he's able to do in this game. I don't actually hate it, given the, the fact that there are five games on and we saw him have a big game. I don't put a lot of faith into it, and I wouldn't jeopardize a good player off my team just to get him in. Like, sometimes we have to understand that streaming is important, sure. But someone said to me today, hey, should I drop Chris Middleton? I'm 20 points down, and I need 20 fantasy points to win my matchup on Sunday. Like, no, you don't drop Chris Middleton to stream to get that in. That's not worth it. A one-week win matchup, unless you're like, you know, four and eight or whatever we are, and that can't work because we're not that far into the season. Say you're three and six heading in, and you just, if you lose this, you can't make playoffs, then yeah, I get it. But otherwise, no. And Wiseman's fine if you're dropping Tory Craig or you're dropping Dennis Schroeder or Lonnie Walker just to see what happens. Like, you wouldn't drop someone who already plays on Sunday, but you get the picture of the type of player I'm talking about. But dropping a good player to get James Wiseman in, yeah, I don't think that's a good move. I'm not really sure where I sit with this guy, though. Zohan, now! Yeah, he was the man featured on the thumbnail of this video, um, he's been really good the last two games. I think one thing we do have to remember, though, this is he was not elevated to the starting lap. He has been starting all season. He moved to the bench and played a couple of games off the bench, but this is not like, oh, now they're believing in him. Now they're starting him. But the last couple of games from Sohan have been good. Three games, in fact. 12-7-2, solid. 23-9-6, excellently good. 13-9-4, pretty damn good. 
The thing we worry about is that despite being this defensive guy, he's had one steal in his last six games and he's had two blocks in his last six games. What he's doing unexpectedly is getting assists. 12 assists in the last three games. He's scoring. He's shooting a little bit better. But again, the last three games have been good. The three games prior to that, 2-4-4, 4-5-3, 2-3-3 on sub-33% shooting in all of those games and missed all four free throws across those three games. So it has been an improvement for Sohan for sure. I think he's an absolute no-brainer, 14-team league ad. Absolute no-brainer whatsoever. 12 teams, like maybe. The thing with rookies, which is always confusing and really impossible to know, is we see a couple of good games and go, oh, oh, has the switch flipped? Is this it now? Is this the time where they start to improve? And sometimes it is, like we've seen it plenty of times, or sometimes it isn't. As we saw with Keegan Murray about three games ago, he had like these two big games and then had like three points in 24 minutes. So sometimes it's nothing. And those numbers for Sohan, I don't know if he's going to be able to push 20 usage or bring five assists a game as we move forward. I don't hate it. We're always trying to find a guy that can be a top 100 player. And maybe he can get there. I don't really think he can. But in terms of upside, like I would rather him over Wiseman. I'd rather him over probably Austin Reeves if we're just trying for upside. And even a few names on this list, like the next guy, Landry Shamet. Like definitely have Sohan over him, even though Shamet does play today. Now Shamet... One of the most added players, I guess, because he had two pretty strong games with Booker out, but Booker's back, so there's no reason for him to have been added. Dante DiVincenzo is one of the most added players. I agree with that. We'll give him a level of um, security until at least Wiggins returns, and then we'll see. Because if he's a 28-minute-a-night player when Wiggins is back, all good. If he's 24 minutes, then he's not a 12-team league player. But we're going to get opportunities to see that moving forward. Emmanuel quickly... It's really hard to trust quickly. We know that. He'll play 27 minutes and have 27 points, then play 21 minutes and have three points. But with Jalen Brunson going to the locker room in that game uh, today against the Philadelphia 76ers and then didn't return, it was only late in the game, so we don't know. Yeah, quickly would probably be the guy in line to get that more consistent 30-plus minute boost, and that makes him an ad. Right, the last two games for him have been good, but now an extra opportunity has potentially opened up. I don't know if there's anything wrong with Booker, uh, sorry, with Brunson as we move forward, but yeah, worth a look. KCP, it's such low upside, but it's a Christmas stream, no worries. And Brandon Clark, again, not someone I care for as a long-term option, but as a, a Christmas streamer, no problem. Like if you're in a 14-team league, you love what Clark does. If you're in a 12, I just don't really see the point of it. But for today, I think I might have even added him in one of my leagues for today, just to stream in, just to get someone who will play 18 to 20 minutes and provide solid production. Because let's be honest, Sundays are this day, this Christmas day is a pretty rough day. For streaming in fantasy, there's not huge amounts of guys out there. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from all professional and amateur leagues, the NFL, college bowl season, college basketball, and of course, the NBA. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. We've got two more games today, Christmas Day in the NFL. Bucks, Cardinals. The Bucks are seven and a half point favorites on the road. They're looking to clinch what most might be the most pathetic division in the NFL. Can they clinch it? I don't know. But they can put themselves in a good spot if they get the victory here. But all those odds, plus a lot of odds for Week 17 are already up for the NFL over at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the most dropped players. 
Denis Avdia, one of the most dropped players. His name is going to come up later on when I do the hot players, the top 100 players over the last week because Avdia is there. I get it, though. He's out with a back injury. Beal and Porzingis are both there. He's And Rui Hachimura is back. People just seem to think... He, Hachimura is one of those players that maybe I am just well down on him. But no matter what happens, any little thing happens, Hachimura returns from injury. Ooh, do we add him? No. Hachimura has a really good game last time out with Avdia out. Ooh, Avdia's getting benched for Hachimura, right? Like, I don't think so. But maybe. But we've had three and a half years of Rui Hachimura being nowhere near a fantasy asset. But anytime anything happens... He gets the benefit of the doubt and the priority. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Mate, unless my gaze of him, because I just didn't love him as a prospect and thought it was another wasted pick by the Wizards, unless that just skews all my or his value, I don't know. But every time something happens, Rui? No. Anyway, Avdia dropped. I get it. He's probably more of a stream when someone's out. Zach Collins dropped. Pirtle is still not playing big minutes. Collins is still doing okay, I think. But I do get it. Like it's not it's not a terrible drop, but he has some short-term value still. Daniel Gafford started last game with Abdiar out. Didn't work particularly well. But if we see that he starts next game if Denny misses, then yeah, I'm in on it. Like, I love it. There's still value in that. Mo Bumba's been one of the most dropped players. I don't know how he was rostered in enough leagues to be one of the most dropped players. Yes, Wendell Carter's back, but yeah, I guess he was getting like 19 minutes a night, and maybe that was enough. But anyway, yes, drop him. Sadiq Bay, yes, drop him. Victor Oladipo. He saw everything trending up. We saw everything trending up. A lot of players returned. He played under 30 minutes, and he didn't do anything. At this point, we look at him. I don't, I don't mind holding him. The 27 to 30 minutes is good. You've got to understand that his shooting is probably going to be bad all season, but what you're getting him for is a handful of assists and some good steals. And if that makes sense for you, it makes sense. You don't have him because his name's Victor Oladipo and you want him to be an All-NBA player from 2017. That's just not a realistic outcome for him, I don't believe. But I think he's going to get more minutes than... Well, Gabe Vincent was a healthy scratch last game. And Max Struess is going to play fewer minutes than Oladipo most nights, it feels like. So that does lean into some value there for Vic. I think he's a fringe hold. Kade Bates-Diop went from starting, playing 28 minutes, to basically out of the rotation. I think actually out of the rotation. Fine, see you later. And Kimball Walker was never a good move to add him, and it's, but it's a great move to drop him. Hello. Yeah, absolutely no reason for Kemba to have been added in as many leagues as he was, so I'm glad that people have come to their senses with that one. Let's talk about droppable players. Again, a disclaimer, welcome if you're new to the show. What does this mean, guys? It means that you can consider dropping these players. Do you have to drop them? Absolutely not. But if they're on your roster, I wouldn't look at them as great upside guys that have to be held onto through all sorts of slumps and injury situations. Number one on this list is the Padawan, Colin Sexton. Yes, he might be the sixth man. He might be getting minutes over Beasley, but I don't really think he is. And he's a guy that historically in the past needs the ball in his hands, needs good usage and good minutes to be useful enough for category fantasy leagues. And I don't think any of those things are happening in Utah. He's not ahead of Clarkson or Conley. He's battling with Beasley for backup minutes. He scores and does nothing else. That is not an appealing candidate to me. He's okay if you want to hold him. But apart from that, like the value is not there. Lonnie Walker is a droppable player. Much like Sexton, Walker scores. He does it inefficiently, though, and he doesn't get assists. And there are better players on that team, like Austin Rivers. So Walker, is he a 33-minute-a-night guy? I don't think so. He's more like a 28-minute-a-night guy who might score 14 points with two rebounds and an assist. That's not good enough to me. It's okay to use him, but in no means is he a 12-team league must-roster player. And DeAndre Hunter, you're, you're well aware of my feelings on him. 
He does nothing. He shouldn't be rostered, not even remotely close in any 12-team category format. For points leagues, I'm looking at KCP as a drop. He doesn't do enough. He's too inconsistent. The role is there, but the production's all over the place, and it's not enough in a points league to hold. Sadiq Bay, well, he's a drop in all formats pretty clearly. Uh, I know people, um, what if what if Bogdanovich gets traded? Yeah, cool. Then go and add him. I don't think you miss, look, Sadiq Bay is not a top 50 player if Bogdanovich gets traded. He might be a top 100 player, maybe. That's not worth holding on to this nonsense. Nyekra Kongwu, Kapala's back. Kongwu can go. Easy call there. And Derek White. I would. He's probably a holding category. Oh, actually, it's not true. I don't think he's in must-holding categories. But in points leagues, there's definitely no value, I don't think, in having him on a 12-team roster. I don't think there's any need for him to be there. You can, but there are better players out there. I feel 100% confident in saying that. Must-roster players. These are just guys who are available in over 20% of leagues who I don't think should be because I think they're top 100 players as we move forward. You're going to be shocked that the number one player on this list is Kelly Olenek. He is. He needs to be rostered. I don't know why he's not. Um, Walker Kessler, I believe, is a must-roster player. I think we're at the stage where we go and add Cam Johnson. We might be two weeks away from him returning. Now, of course, you need to look at your team. But I think in most situations, if you're in a strong spot, you can deal with zeros for two weeks. If you've got IL, even better. He is available in a lot of spots, Cam. And I think he can probably be a top 100 guy by mid-January again. So this is a bit of a preemptive must roster. But yeah, I wouldn't have liked to have him hold him for four weeks with zeros. I don't think he's worth that. But if we're here for two weeks, which I think is where we're at with his timeline, if we're holding for two weeks with zeros, it's doable. Your team might have four injuries and it's not doable, and I get that. And missing out on Cam Johnson's not missing out on a top 50 player. But I, I do think that it now is really a strong time to be considering that ad and go, especially if you've got IL, of course. But even if you don't, you can start to make that decision. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, I believe, is a must-roster player. For points leagues, Jaden Ivey really clearly must-roster. I'm not as confident in a category league, but in a points league, I am. Killian Hayes, I think, is a must-roster in both. I also think Gordon Haywood. Yes, I know he's had some weirdly poor nights, but... The value, maybe he never gets back. Maybe he doesn't. But I think that, you know, rather than having someone who scores, you know, nine points with three rebounds, but gets like 1.4 steals, shout out to Alex Caruso. Like, I'd rather have the Gordon Haywood upside because if he hits, he's an 18, 19 point per game scorer, five rebounds, four assists. Um, he had two threes, a steal, steal 1.2 steals. Like, that's, if, if he gets back to it, he might never, but I would rather have him on my roster. Um, and Steven Adams is available in over 20% of leagues. Yes, he's a tough deal in category leagues because of the percentage, the free throws. In points leagues, he should be rostered, clearly. And I think in category leagues, he's a must-roster player as well. You just have to be able to deal with it on the right squad. Today's episode is also brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with a few friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby, you can make it home. It's easy. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive home after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's look at some top 100 players over the last week. Um, Denny Avdia. Yes, there are factors associated with that, Puzingas being out. It's always just worth remembering that. Nick Batum. 
has been top 100 over the last week. That is mainly on the back of that game where he hit seven threes, which of course is not a realistic thing. Batum has been really useful. He's a very good player for that team. I think he's a better. I think he's probably a better option than Marcus Morris in category leagues, and probably better than like Norman Powell, and definitely better than Terrence Mann. I'm not sure that I trust him to be top 100, but the reason he's been able to be top 100 even over the last two weeks is really field goal percentage, 60% shooting and 2.73s. And that that 2.73s is on 57%. Like for the year. He's 199th. Like he's nowhere near it. But the last few games have stepped up because the shots are going in at a ridiculous rate. So, yes, he's been top 100. I don't feel good about that being a must add scenario. Haywood Highsmith, watch this one. Playing decently well. Took minutes off Caleb Martin last game. Probably has a little bit more of a fantasy friendly skill set than what Martin does. And if they do decide to make the move where Highsmith plays 29 a night and Martin plays 19, which I don't know they will, but I'm not ruling that out. We have to just pay a little bit of attention to Haywood, I think. Emmanuel, quickly, we spoke about, can you believe that this dickhead, Jalen Smith, is in the top 100? Stand by your man. Can't with this guy. I can't. Last game was really good with Miles Turner in foul trouble. He's coming off the bench as a backup center. I'm not falling for this foolishness. I'm not. Why is he being able to be top 100? Well, two blocks and 60% shooting, averaging 11 and 10. It's two games. I don't care in the slightest. I'm not adding him. I wanted to bring him up, but don't add him. Naz Reed, last game he played next to Gobert, which was a really interesting wrinkle. I think that's largely because Kyle Anderson was out, but Anderson's back has been a problem all season. So Reed was a good grab when Gobert was out. He dropped off a little bit, and then we saw something interesting. I don't hate, I don't hate grabbing Reed. Huh. I'm not sure about that one. AJ Griffin's been really good. I don't think it's a 12-team league guy. And Aaron Neesmith's probably more of a 12-team league guy than what AJ Griffin is. But he's your 13th player. Griffin would be your 13th player in a 14-team league with streamability rather than being must-hold guys. Let's look at players available in over 90% of leagues. Dylan Wright, yes, he's a 14-team league grab. Nico Batum, yes, he's a 14-team league ad. I've heard... The amount of people asking me about adding Dylan Wright in 12-team leagues, and then I saw he's rostered in 8% of leagues. Some, there was some disconnect there. Like, why is everyone talking about him everywhere I look, whether it's asking me directly or in other spots, yet no one has added him? 14-team leagues, yes, Dylan Wright's a good add. So is Batum. Then a bunch of guys that I think have some value in 16s. Terrence Davis, I'm iffy on. He's sort of... I think he missed the rotation last game. He would play like three minutes. But I think he can be useful. Uh, TJ Warren's a good 16-teamer. Drew Eubanks, I love as a 16-team league guy, especially with uh, Nurkic having some foul trouble issues and injuries that sort of keeps him in and out of stuff. TJ McConnell's a great 16-team league guy. Not more, much more than that. Um, Joshie Richardson and Eric Gordon, two veterans who nobody cares about. But they are producing value around that 16-team league mark. And they're rostered. They're available everywhere. In a 16-team league, while there's no sexiness in them, there is some value in having them in on your roster in those deeper formats. And let's look at some other names that are worth mentioning. Miles Bridges, one of the more added players. You know my thoughts on this. You make your own call, morality-wise, whether you want to deal with this or you feel comfortable about adding him if it's win at all costs. Yes, oh, you really think that adding, not adding Miles Bridges is going to teach him a lesson? Nobody thinks that. Not a single person thinks that. All right, That is a ridiculous argument against it. My argument mainly against Miles Bridges is I don't think he's going to play. He's not signed. He still isn't signed. 
When he gets signed, he has to get back into shape, and then he's going to get suspended. I don't think he's going to play. I also think he's a piece of shit who shouldn't be allowed in the NBA. All right, but it doesn't actually matter what... Look, that gets overridden by the fact that I just don't think he's going to play. And if he does, it might be in three months' time. You can say it's a no-cost ad, I get that, but how long are you willing to hold? If you do make the ad and still nothing changes in a week, like, are you still going to hold? I don't think you should. But no one should be telling you or telling anybody, really. Like, if someone adds Miles Bridges, doesn't make you a piece of shit like him. If someone doesn't add Miles Bridges because they just don't feel good about it, it doesn't make them a virtue signaling cuck. Whatever, it's just their choice. My major point with it, yes, piece of shit. Don't think the bloke should play. Got no interest in supporting him in any way. I just don't think he's going to play. So a moral decision doesn't even come into it for me. I don't think he's going to play until March at the earliest, if at all. And that's going to be pretty useless for most people. Alexei Pokyshevsky, he had a good game last game. I can't do it with him. I can't get back into this nonsense. You follow a good game from him and then he has 20 minutes with four points. I'm not interested. I put Juice McBride's name on this list because Jalen Brunson got hurt today. McBride does have an interesting fantasy game with an assist and steals combo. I think TJ McConnell type of fantasy action. So if Brunson does miss, yes, quickly will play more minutes, but McBride probably will as well. Larry Nance has been dropped in a lot of spots. I don't believe he should be. I am, of course, worried about the Achilles issue. And if we hear he's out for an extended absence, then sure, drop him. I wouldn't do it just yet. Kyle Anderson, that is, like, he's a fringy sort of player who's now dealing with a persistent back problem. If you are desperately in need of a spot, I get it. The upside's not particularly high. It's not particularly long-term, so he can be dropped. Cole Anthony, massive game last time. And the issue that I said, where I said it all the way back weeks ago, week seven or whatever it was, where I do not know what the Orlando Magic point guard situation is going to be. I feel like it's going to change every night. Well, we're back to that again. I thought that Fultz was established. I thought, all right, Fultz has got him cracking. He's playing 39. And then last game, he has a, Cole Anthony has almost a triple-double, and Fultz plays like 23 minutes. So even when I think that my initial premonition was wrong, it goes back to being right, meaning I'm even more confused than I was two weeks ago or even four weeks ago. So Cole Anthony can be rostered? I guess so. Do I feel good about it? Ah, not at all. I just don't know what's going to happen. And Suggs isn't back. Benek Matherin. Absolutely, in my opinion, no reason for him to be a 12-team league guy. He's getting worse, basically. And the hot shooting and unbelievable free throw drawing, which was buttressing all of his value, is gone. And he's giving you, he gives you nothing. So I can't see a valid argument apart from I expect him to be better in a month for holding Matherin. What he's done today is not worthy of a 12-team league roster spot. What he should do in the next couple of weeks is not going to be worth a 12-team league roster spot. You're just going, well, I think he's going to be much better later on. And I'm not convinced. So I haven't done it. It's a waiver wire show, and I haven't done it all day. But we'll do it now for Christmas. Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! And that, someone got upset at me for doing that. Oh, you can't do, yeah, get that garbage out of here. And that player is not actually a garbage player. Yeah, you have to do it for players who are actually garbage players. Like, it's just a fun sound drop. It just means drop them off your team. It doesn't mean that they're garbage people or players or garbage humans or anything like that. It just means get them off your fantasy team. That is all it is. And I hope I don't offend anybody with that. Guys, thank you. Oh, what am I going to say? Yeah, that's it. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.